0: hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the dodgeball podcast in this episode we'll be recapping the events of the elite west region round two tournament that took place last weekend and here to help me do that is no stranger to the podcast alan thomas of rainbows Um, alan thank you so much for being available this week i'm not really sure what's going on with uh, those people they're either unavailable or playing dodgeball or maybe recovering but uh you know right now it's just you and me and with that we'll just go ahead and and get right into it um (laughs) go ahead
1: I'm not suited for much else right now. My back is killing me. <laughs> so this is great. Thank you for having me.
0: For sure. Um, yeah, so actually that that's one thing I wanted to ask. Um, you know, it's as we're recording this, it's Wednesday. It's uh you know, it's what, four solid days since the tournament. Are you how are you holding up? Are you are you sore like like everyone else or
1: I you know, I felt as as the tournament ended, I felt great. We you know, we had a really nice after party. Uh the bar was Crowded and you know, there wasn't enough bartenders, but it was an awesome atmosphere. There's karaoke going on So we had a, a ton of fun and I felt during that I felt amazing the next day My shoulder kind of felt tight and then in the last two days my back has kind of developed a big old knot on the on the right side kind of right under my shoulder blade, so um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm a little sore, but um, Given the situation, you know, I
0: think I can deal with it. Gotcha. Yeah. I I just love seeing the, Oh my God, I'm so sore posts. And in my, in my team chat with grit, um, somebody signed up for like a nine mile like tour of Portland (laughs) and they're like, I don't know why I thought this was a good idea, but I regret everything. And so that just like compounded to the soreness. But, uh, yeah, it's always, I don't know. I, I enjoy the post elite dodgeball soreness. There's nothing out like it. You're miserable. Everything hurts. You feel like you're 90, but you know that you put some work in, um, do, do you uh, do you normally get sore, like, or is it recent?
1: It's kind of, uh, it kind of is dependent on the tournament. So, you know, this year we're playing without Lucas, who is kind of one of our primary arms. Um, so last year, round two in San Jose, we didn't have him. And so I did a ton more throwing and I was pretty wrecked. That was actually probably the most my shoulder and my arm were ever sore after a tournament. Um, and uh, I've been having troubles with cramps late in tournaments lately. Um, and so I, I, deal with that. And anytime you get to the point of cramping, you're going to usually have muscle soreness the next day, um, or at least the next mm. day. Uh, but actually this was the first tournament I have dealt with n- no cramps, really at no point did I cramp when I was jumping, running, throwing, nothing like that. Um, and actually I, f- I, think a lot of other people had that problem. So, so maybe something to be said for the home court advantage of just you know, sleeping in your own bed and not having to worry about travel really, uh, paid off for me. So. I felt great during and, uh, and since other than the back issue.
0: Gotcha. And, yeah, so th- there's, there's a couple of reasons why I wanted wanted to have you as part of the, the recap, um, even when we were just looking at a panel, and that was because, obviously, like you said, you kind of had the home field advantage, and you did talk about that, I believe, um, when we had our, our our interview podcast where you're going to get, like, a full night's rest and you're not travel-weary, um, you're in your own bed, so to speak. Do you feel like um, a lot of the other Portlanders, or or I, I call them Oregonos, but organites or do you think other people <laughs> had that had that advantage? Oregonians
1: or? is the official term. Oregonians. Oregonians,
0: got it. Yeah, do you feel like uh, the other teams had that advantage over? Um, I guess the reverse, where they're usually traveling to like LA or San Diego.
1: You know, I can't speak for them directly, but I can say based on the uh, the bracket finishes or the round robin seating, downpour seated second in, uh, in co-ed and in uh, open here. Let's uh, have a look at that. They seated decently, looks like 10. So not terrible, not great. Maybe actually a little lower than that. It's hard to read these. So I guess in uh, in round robin in co-ed, they did really well. We seated four. In uh, in round robin and open, and uh, we also seeded pretty well in coed, which is pretty strange for us. Actually, we usually seed terribly in coed. Um, so I, I don't know that we felt the effects during round robin, but I can definitely tell you at the end, uh, you know, at, in the crunch time, it was it was a, it was a marked change from how I normally feel.
0: And do you think there was like a I want to say like a emotional stake with when playing but you know you've got a bunch of people from la arizona um san diego arizona's not a city phoenix i guess i should say <laughs> coming to your home turf you know to to brawl did you guys feel like you had something to prove or was it just like another just a regular other old, old, old tournament for you guys or what that feel like
1: well, it was it was an interesting experience because that gym is actually a gym we used we we played in for years. We don't play there regularly anymore, but we've held practices there. Um, I mean, every one of us on Rainbros, uh, with the exception of Britt, who was, who was our third girl we added for this tournament, just to be safe in Coed uh, because Kate had an ankle injury. Every one of us on that team had won a championship, you know, in our league in that gym. Mm. Um, in a big Saturday tournament, double elimination, you know, similar kind of circumstance. So, you know, maybe not the scope, but definitely something Ricky said early on was you've, you've all won here before. You know, we you know what it's like, you know, it's just it's familiar territory. Um, so if you combine that with especially in the co-ed uh, situation, the fact that whenever we play Rise, which has happened a few different times in finals now you know we're always kind of the favorite so <laughs> the fa- right. the crowd favorite and you know double that with the fact that we had more people from portland and Seattle there uh who I'm sure were were uh, hoping to see us win and not have rise take another one that uh that definitely gave us an extra charge i'd say
0: that's awesome yeah i was um I was wondering if were there, were there a lot of spectators um because you had mentioned you know like your' I think your, your coworker or one of your former supervisors was asking about like when do you play again because uh, they would actually want to come see you play. W- were there any spectators for this, uh, for this round?
1: Yeah, actually, we had a good chunk of the Portland Dodgeball community who weren't playing in this tournament uh, come and check it out. Even some of our really old-school players, some people who uh, one of the guys who traveled for NDL back in the day, uh, we call him uh, uh, Wisconsin. He, he was even there for a couple hours to check it out see what was going on and he cheering us on and stuff like that there was a good amount of spectators um but also there was just the the way the court was set up at the end it was right next to a set of of bleachers so there was a there was a place where everyone could sit and watch which is great um and uh yeah yeah there was a good amount of people the open one really had a big crowd around it both for women's finals and open finals but it co-ed ended at about 9 30 I, I think about 9.30 at night, it ran pretty long. So wow. <laughs> I think almost everyone who wasn't a player was asleep by then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was trying to catch some of the streams. Um, yeah, I was, obviously I wasn't there for, um, I was there for a wedding, or I wasn't there because of a wedding. And it's funny because, and, and I think in like the first four or five po- podcasts, I'm like, yeah, I get to go to all the elites. And then, oh yeah, I forgot. I committed to this wedding a year ago. So obviously that didn't happen but i was trying to watch um and stream and see what was going on and i think the last thing i saw was uh titan and and doom going at it for for round or for the finals and then covid started but then it just kept going and i don't think it ever ended and i was like it's like 7:30 p.m. are they still playing out there and it was uh, was that just because there's so many teams or was it just a just a packed event i mean i'm looking at the bracket here and i think there was like 20
1: 28 teams in coed, ed uh, which is crazy, and there was uh, 21 in open. So, yeah, I mean, it went on forever. They broke it into three pools. The 29 was broken into three pools, and you played all the teams in your pool. Uh, and then the double elimination, there was a, there was a lot of courts, but uh, there was a couple of rounds of the bracket play that got kind of held up. It was it, refs weren't necessarily getting to courts the way they were supposed to in the bracket. The court, the ref assignment wasn't always super clear. It was kind of just on players at that point to come out and ref. So that was a little rough, and it, it caused one round of, of our games to specifically get delayed mm. because uh, the refs that were a, that were kind of that had filled in to ref a game uh, were a little bit in over their heads. So actually, me and um, uh, Sean. Stepped in to to ref that one while ours couldn't start yet because no refs had come to do it And so that pushed one game back that needed to happen for another game to happen So that probably caused a bit of the delay
0: Gotcha Yeah, I was talking to when I did the recap with the uh, the guys from the south um, There was, they actually had to cut the I think like the championship short or they, they had to cut a lot of it short for their final division and not insinuating this by any means with round or with, with the West Coast or with the West region, but a lot of teams were just kind of lollygagging and, and not being on top of their refing assignments. And so that can definitely impact how late a venue goes. And I guess fortunately for, for Portland, they didn't have like a birthday party or a dance right right afterwards. Um, <laughs> sounds like you guys were able to play until the very end, where that wasn't really the case with, uh, with the South.
1: That's a bummer. Yeah. I wouldn't say actually the, the refing was the problem throughout this one that, I mean, that one situation caused a problem, but I, I would say towards the middle of round Robin for co-ed, a lot of the teams were starting to drag their feet. Um, a lot of, uh, I guess, complaints, I would say, or discomfort with the gym in Portland. Most places don't have air conditioning because it really doesn't get all that hot here, or at least traditionally it never did
2: right. the last
1: few years. It's kind of been, it seems warmer, at least as someone who's lived there forever, but, uh, so it gets, it tends to get pretty hot in a gym, you know, that has 100 some people playing sports in it. And there's, there's not really good circulation. But it really, honestly, San Diego last year felt way worse to me. But it, I guess a couple people got heat exhaustion, you know, kind of were like passing out almost or things like that. I, I'd heard stories of, but I, I wasn't familiar with any specific examples. So I think maybe in the middle of round robin of uh, co ed a couple of the teams were dragging their feet to, to get to where they were supposed to be.
0: Gotcha. So it, like you said, it wasn't necessarily the ref. Maybe it was just, uh, I will not say like heat exhaustion, but it was just wearing down on people. I, uh, I I did catch, I don't want to say I caught wind, but there were some people that were definitely complaining about the humidity. And it's funny because, like, in looking at all the all the lovely pictures of people having fun in Oregon, you know, this it's there's just green, it's grassy, <laughs> it's, it's beautiful, blue skies, a lot of weird stuff going on, a lot of like voodoo donut, you know, posts and whatnot. But uh, when I was in Oregon uh, during my time out there, I I thought it was like, oh wow, they they don't even need AC. Whereas here in in Arizona, especially Phoenix, you know, it's you you have to have AC or, or you're gonna die. <laughs> you can't just right, yeah, absolutely. you can't get along without it um and it's funny because people do talk about like the san diego round three of last year as being super humid and i cannot for the life of me remember it being humid i just remember um just being out of the game for so long i was just you know naturally sore from that but it also had just come from the south so maybe maybe it was different but um
1: that could be it. Yeah, I got actually, a, I got chided for deflating balls um, in a humid gym, especially, but really anytime you're playing dodgeball, uh, you know, the balls tend to get warmer as you play with them. And if the gym's warm, then it, it's doubly bad and they tend to kind of get a little overinflated just from the heat. So mm. I usually carry a needle and deflate the <laughs> balls as needed. And apparently someone complained, a few people complained to Mark. So he had to tell me to stop. So I went and found two overinflated balls that I would inflate. I would deflate had he not told me to stop, and <laughs> and got permission to continue, based on my judgment, <laughs> I suppose. But uh, so that was the biggest thing I, I noticed in any gym where it's too hot, is the balls tend to overinflate just on their own, like you know, with no outside interference.
0: Right. Did you ever get like, um, I almost hate to bring it up, like deflate gate accusations. Oh, people or? <laughs> say that
1: all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I play on a flag football team and we play with our ball slightly deflated just cause it's easy to throw. And I also throw, I throw a football very hard. And so like if I were to line up and throw at one of our players with a fully inflated, like rock hard ball, I, I could easily break a finger. And that's our goal is not to break any fingers during flag football. So
0: that's hilarious. Um, I'll have to see you throw a football. I want to see how far you can throw. I humbly challenge you.
1: all right, you are on.
0: Probably gonna regret the those words. Um, <laughs> well, that's I, I kind of want to go back to what distinguished round one from round two, and you know, obviously, you know, I am asking a lot out of you to kind of just recount both coed and open, um, and I definitely do want to spend some time with coed, but going back to the open division, um, right out the gate, did you notice anything different? Between the teams that showed up for round two versus round one, um, as far as like, I don't know, teams that came out swinging had better showing. Um, what did you notice?
1: Definitely, some teams had better showings than uh, than they did in the prior round. I mean, Titans the obvious. Uh, uh, I would say I would say offender there because Absolutely. so they made a couple roster changes. Uh, they added Tad, which is a local player, and I mean good good news for him. I think he played on wild cards in round one. And not to rip on wild cards, but I mean that's not a long term solution. Uh, you know, that's a team for players trying to get good and trying to find teams. So I think they understand that. So if Tad can find a spot on Titan, like ultimately, that's good for him, and I think it's probably good for dodgeball. They also added Colin. I think it's Colin O'Brien. Uh, Dynasty, you want a, di- a dynasty's captain maybe. Hmm. Uh, and so that's uh, yeah, not necessarily something you you want to see in around as a team that. Should be in the top four, but wasn't uh, adding another top four out of region player. But either way, it worked out for them. So they managed to come in second after a pretty early push down to the uh, the, uh, the consolation or I guess loser's bracket, secondary bracket. Uh, let's see. They dropped their first. Uh, they won their first game against Grit and then ran into the Doom Train, which, okay, I guess that it makes sense why they went down so early. It looks like they went down 2-1. Uh, and that put them in a match against Downpour, who they beat, and then they had to play us. Uh, we had also gotten knocked down pretty early by Tuda, uh, who put on a great show. They made it to Doom in the in the semifinal of the winners bracket, and then they ended up finishing in one, two, three, four, five, tied for fifth. Uh, so good for them. I mean, that's a good showing for them. They're definitely making progress from a disappointing round one. Um, we knocked Fortune down, uh, which is good for us. They were ahead of us. You know, not that finishing where we did is necessarily great, but it's always good when you can take down a team that's ahead of you. Arsenal, who was ahead of us, also uh, dropped very early, which is a plus for us. Um, and so uh, we then played Titan in a tough match, a 2-1 uh, in the first game of that, that, that we did not win, we had a brutal call go against us. Uh, everyone should watch that match as a, as an example of maybe uh, a referee situation and and how to deal with it if it ever happens to you. Um, not to criticize those refs, but something that doesn't happen very often could be uh, could be learned about from that match for sure. Uh, they took us out, and then they took out Gridlock, who had another pretty good showing. Um, unfortunately, as they're ahead of us as well, uh, and then they took out Riot, who had a great showing. Congrats to them! Uh, if you're talking about teams that really stepped up their game, Riot coming in one, two, three, four, there is pretty impressive. Uh, and then Titan took out Rise two uh, one, and then got knocked out promptly by Doom two zero.
0: Yeah, I mean it's freaking Doom, man. They they just <laughs> I don't want to say they can't be beat, but I mean. <laughs> they just something is something's got to give um it's great that you know titan do whatever they needed to do to to do better um i was kind of surprised to see that arsenal got taken out so early um i want to say yeah. does that imply that downpour has has improved over the past couple months or
1: um uh, that's tough to say. Uh, Downpour isn't a team you can slouch on, that's for sure. But both of them, uh, well, Arsenal got a bad seed in round-robin. It looks like they were in the double digits. They played Riptide first, and their second match was Rise. So,
2: mm.
1: I mean, well, either one of those teams going down to the loser's bracket early is, is a disappointment for them, and you don't expect it of Rise. They ended up in the winner's final and taking third place. Uh, so then Arsenal dropped down. Downpour dropped down in their first match against Riot. And then, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a tough one. If you're saying Arsenal and Downpour, these are the, all the same round matchups in, in the loser's brackets. you have Arsenal and Downpour, Double Tap and Fortune, Riptide and Grit, and Wild Cards and Havoc. I would say that of, of this qua- as far as top quality teams, I mean, probably the top three, top four teams in that grouping down our uh, arsenal and downpour are in the top four so that's tough that they had to play the, each other in that match when there's you know teams like they could have got easily you know they could have just as easily been matched up against wild cards or riptide or double tap which are all much newer teams
0: gotcha yeah it's uh looking at my team here grit and i think they had some kind of weird call against riot like people out of bounds or something happened. Uh but they said that they felt better. Um and I think that's a better showing than when I would play with them in round one. Um But
1: well, okay. if you look at it that way, they went down to the fourth place team. So the team that they that they lost to, you know, beat them, beat Havoc, beat Tuda, and then lost to Titan. So they definitely you know, they definitely made a show. And they, you know, it's always it always makes you feel better, I guess, if you lose to the team that does well. You know, I guess we lost to Titan and they got second, so Cool, but you don't get extra points.
0: Exactly. You don't get points or Um, just It reminds me of of that one time when we beat you uh, for co-ed, and then we just got completely destroyed by Echo, and it was just like, oh, sorry. (laughs) We've all been there, yeah. yeah, It's probably not how you wanted it to happen. Um, I think about that almost every time I see you guys in in co-ed. So
1: Heat's another team that brought in an out-of-division player. Uh, They brought in Sean Wheeler from uh, Brick Squad in the East. Um, It looks like they seeded very well. They had Double Tap in their first round and then lost to Gridlock. And then in the loser's bracket, they immediately went out to Havoc. So that didn't work out quite as well for them as it did for Titan to bring in someone out of division.
0: That that means a good question. Uh, Was there anybody else that came from other regions uh, other than um, Heat bringing in Sean Wheeler and... Um was it Colin O'Brien that Titan? Titan, yeah.
1: Uh I those are the they only noticed? two I recall. Um that those are the only two that I recall. And then they both both of those two played on force in Coed, which we'll get to in just a minute.
0: Gotcha. Let me just uh take a look at this bracket here and see. Um I wonder what I almost say I wonder what happened in gridlock because that, that sounds bad, but you know, they had a great showing taking what third last last round sounds right and i think um i think maybe what just happened was uh titan woke up and said no you know we're we're well, definitely part part of the top it, three could, or-
1: it could be that i didn't see that game but if uh, but uh, gridlock is an interesting team um i mean they knocked for their first round matchup was fortune which was an, uh, i mean uh, as far as far as seating goes an upset and then they beat heat which as far as seating goes was an even bigger upset then they lost to Rise. When I when I've watched Gridlock play, I I'm always I'm always confused when we lose to them, and then when I watch them lose, when they lose, it seems to be just that it, it almost looks like they got space jammed, like they just kind of forget how to play, hmm. and then they get beat. But but then they'll play another team, and it and you know the, it looks like they've got Michael Jordan and Patrick Ewing and. You know Charles Barkley, and you know they're crushing people. And then the next round, you know, all of it's it, they just kind of step out of bounds. Like all sorts of weird things happen. So we had a chance to play them in uh, round in round robin of Open, which is which is something we definitely wanted to to get revenge on our loss. And it it just was a completely different game than when we played them in the bracket that the tournament before. So they're they're a strange team. I'm not sure what the what the cause of that is, but I could imagine it looks like it was. It's tough to read this year. Looks like it could have been two zero, based on what the other ones look like and what that looks like. So it could have been. Uh, in fact, it looks like it was one two. <laughs> it looks like someone wrote it backwards. It could have been. Uh, it could have been anything.
0: For uh, which which round or which matchup?
1: Gridlock versus Titan in the uh, losers.
0: Oh yeah, I want to say it's two and one.
1: But it looks like Gridlock got the two.
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. <laughs>
1: um, hmm. Yeah. Just- so who knows what happened there. Uh <clears throat> but that's my that's kind of my take on Gridlock. It's always it's always kind of strange to watch them lose after they after they win commandingly against, you know, what I would consider a really good team. They we they looks like they beat Fortune 2-0 and then Heat 2-0 and then they got 2 0 would by Rise. So, and what what's why how 2-0 against 2-0 very good teams, and then O2 against, you know, another.
0: It's got to be like a psychological thing against potentially Rise or Doom. I've, I mean, I've definitely, I like the, the analogy where, you know, we got space jammed because even with, as evil or as Titan, anytime I faced off against Doom, we'll have that occasional like really good showing where we did well, we fought hard, and we, we maybe took a couple off of them, or we may have actually beat them, at least in like round robin play but then sometimes it's like, uh, I forgot how to play dodgeball. I don't like my shoes are on backwards. Like I, there's just some kind of weird <laughs> thing that happens where we're just like, I, I don't even know what happened. Like I I knew we lined up next thing I you know, we're all in the queue and watching, you know, the final game after like 30 seconds. Um, real quick though, did you, uh, did you notice anything from rise, um, how they looked? Cause I don't, they,
1: I mean, they were good. Uh, they, you know, they, They lost 2-1 to Titan. I didn't watch the match in open. Uh, They were playing in round-robin without Alan Stott, who was banned from round-robin, which is sort of a punishment that makes no sense to me, but they still ended up with a great seed. They were still the... Uh, let's see here. It looks like the two seeds. So really, I mean, playing short a player, they didn't. <laughs> it didn't cost them anything in round robin, wow. which is good because that's the, that's the kind of negative of that kind of punishment. If you take away a good player and you lower that team in the seeding, some other team that performed better is going to get a worse matchup, which is not what you want, which is why that kind of punishment makes no sense to me. Say they drop to the 10th seed because of that, and then... Some team that got, you know, the 12 seed, you know, that's pretty good for that team probably that got the 12 seed, but now they have to play rise in round one. Like how, you know, is that really what they worked hard to get? No, they should have had to play you know, a team in that range like Arsenal or something like
0: that. Yeah, that's not quite the re- reward you would expect. I wonder, I wonder what happened. Um,
1: uh, well, if you're asking about what happened to Alan, he got caught, I guess, vaping in the gym or something. And so they, it round one. Huh. Okay. Uh, but they, they rolled through the bracket, uh, 2-0 Arsenal, 2-1 Riot, two o Gridlock, 0-2 Doom, and then uh, 1-2 lost to Titans. So they looked fine. We played them in round robin and they, uh, I'm pretty sure they smoked us. They were the second seed. <laughs> Excuse me. They were the second seed. Uh, Doom was uh, the first seed, which I think still means that the only team to beat Doom this year is us in round robin at round one. Jeez. So again, feels good, but worth nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, pride points, I guess. Yep. Um, well, cool. So we kind of, I mean, went through the bracket. Um, we spoke to some teams. Did you, did you happen to notice any, like, phenomenal players or anybody that, that stood out from Open? Um, and this could be your own team. It could be yourself, uh, just from your perspective
1: uh well greg greg long in the bracket he's our our, one of our rookies to we have two rookies to elite this year greg is one of them uh i mean i guess technically not a rookie he played one round last year at round three on uh velocirapture uh he uh definitely played well in open much better than his first tournament we're still trying to lock his throw in but he made he probably led the team in catches in round robin which if i mean for people who know greg's play style that's uh that's kind of funny. It it doesn't seem like something you would expect, but he picked us up in some really big games. And uh, in our elimination to Titan, it was the third game was him one on one against Tad, and uh, probably not an, a move I would have recommended he make. But he tr- he got the bait catch that he wanted. He dropped for it, and it just it he just couldn't bring it in. Um, but uh, so I mean, he he was right there to to be the hero to bring us over that that match against Titan. So, I mean, that's how close they were from going out, you know, seventh or whatever and going out second, which is what they ended up. Gotcha. Um, some other players, uh, Ketchum's lost a lot of weight. Uh, if, if you haven't seen him in a while, he's trimmed off about 40 pounds. I didn't really notice a difference in his play style necessarily. His accuracy didn't seem maybe to what it was normally, but we only played him a little bit. Um, to the really looked like they'd stepped their game up. Their uh, their left corner, if you're looking from the opposing side, he's on the right. Uh, I believe his name is Daniel, Arriolano, or, or something like that. He's got an arm, uh, and he and he's learning dodgeball more. So that's good for him, uh, and good for that team. Is for he sure. the guy
0: that um, there's a there's a clip right now of somebody throwing?
1: At, it bounced, yeah, yeah. Kyle Socio, sure it bounced off his chest. Yeah, he's the thrower in that clip.
0: Okay, I know you're talking about them. Um, yeah, catch him losing weight. I mean, he, he's in the gym a lot because he tells me this for some reason. And um, <laughs> but it's good that it's it's paying off. Um, also, just kind of terrifying, but whatever. Good for him. <laughs> um, he can
1: lose all the weight he wants if he doesn't learn how to play dodgeball. It will still be okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I uh, just the thought of him throwing harder or having more stamina is just kind of unnerving. Um, I wanted to ask about another player, but they lost some. Oh, I wanted to ask how oh, how he did. Um, mostly because that's another Arizona team that's kind of like you know coming coming into the elite for a little bit more. You've got the the phone players like Dylan and um, Randy and 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 all them. Did you did you notice them by any chance?
1: We have we have still yet to play Heat in their current version. We played them as New Breed last year, um, a couple times, um, and I, I have a lot of respect. I think Isidro is a, a very. I guess I can't say underrated necessarily because I don't really know what he's rated, but I, I'd say he's a very good player. Um, but they did not have the showing they were looking for. I can tell you that by the bracket. Yeah. So uh, they were seated really well. If I was to if, to try to decipher these tiny numbers, it looks like they're seated third. So, um, you know, they definitely had it together at one point, but it looks like they lost it come bracket time.
0: Yeah. wonder if the humidity got to them or fatigue or just, <laughs> which
1: that would be pretty ironic,
0: right? <laughs> well, I mean, they always, you know, we always say it's a dry heat, so that's
1: <laughs> fair enough.
0: Actually. Yeah. That's multiple levels of irony. Um, yeah, that's that's just went right over my head. Um, they're, <laughs> they're, they're called heat, duh. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's time to to move on to to COID then, uh, if that's how my brain's going. Uh, so coed, well, congrats on on taking first. Um, kind of want to ask the same thing, just to kind of get the the juices flowing with this one. How uh, how did this differ from round one? Aside from you guys taking it.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the other stuff looked the same. Uh, Arsenal wa- made it to the final of the winner bracket, which was, uh, I mean, they sort of, they uh, did really well in open at round one and did really well in co-ed at round two. But uh, if my memory serves, they did terrible at Coed in round one. And um, so mm-hmm. it's kind of a flip-flop here because their round two open showing was less than they we're hoping for. He made it pretty far in this one. Uh, they got to top four in the winners, which would uh, you know put them somewhere around sixth or seventh. Um, Fortune was, was uh, not the team they were in round one. Not missing any players. They uh, ran into Doom pretty early in the uh, losers bracket, so that was a no bueno. It looks like Doom dropped their first game Ah, their second game. So they got yeah, gridlock yes. first, and then they came up against us in our in each of our second game, and we knocked them down two one in a in a great match. Uh, I guess the theme of this one was that throughout the bracket, uh, huge catches by our ladies, uh, and especially Tiffany, uh, were they really picked us up. I remember specifically a play in that Doom game where uh, it was Ish and uh, Cole, and one of their ladies. Maybe two of their ladies, Ish Cole and both the ladies, and they and it's our two ladies. Uh, Brit was in that game and Tiffany, and uh, it was right after Brit had hit Vince out on a solo. Wow! Uh, when he was pushing the line, she tagged him in the foot, and then uh, for some reason, Ish and Cole <clears throat> don't double team. They they kind of misdirect, and Cole throws at Brit. Brit throws at the same time, so they trade, and then. Cole throws straight at uh, Tiff, and he, she catches him. She jumps and catches it, which brings me back in the game. So it's me and Tiff against the two ladies, and uh, with that closes it out. So uh, there was a couple of – uh, that was actually the second game, I want to say. So I think maybe it was the first. So it ended up 2-1, but that was not the closeout game. There was one after that. Uh, so hmm. or two after that. That must have been the first game. Yeah, because the third game, we were on that same side. And I charged down Cole and took him out. And then Nate was final against three of us. I threw a catch and a group throw, which was on purpose, because their next player in was, I think her name is Sarah. Uh, we, the point was just to throw the balls at Nate, make sure we hit him. He caught one, which is fine, because then it's our our two of our other guys against their girl who just came in. And Tiff, as she walks in, she literally puts two feet on the court, and Tiff hits her before she can even look up. Oh, it dang. Was, it was amazing (laughs) it was probably the best play i saw like as far as i you know maybe not the most like impressive skill play but the funniest play as soon as she steps on the court she's out as the final player which is a brutal way to go just a brutal way to you know it wasn't the end of the tournament that'd make it more brutal but it pushed them down and then uh, they ended up doom ended up beating echo which we were all thankful for before losing to fury um Yep. Force, as I mentioned earlier, had both of the out-of-state big names, Sean and Colin, and that propelled them to the uh, the top four in the winner's bracket and then getting knocked out by Rise. so they finished fourth. So a pretty good showing for them. Uh, I think they finished third at round one, so about the same spot. I'm trying to think of who they were missing. They were missing Israel and they were missing Ronk. That's a big one we haven't brought up yet. Ronk was absent. Oh, wow, yeah. So both Havoc okay. and and Force were missing Ronk. Gotcha. Um, what are some other differences?
0: Um, I kind of want to talk about Echo because uh, I was surprised that they got knocked out so early. And then I saw that um, somebody sent Doom really early, uh, you guys again, um, and it looks like that, that took them out. Um, and I wonder if maybe missing Brett Baxter was was a difference there,
1: yeah, he was injured. He refed a lot of games. Uh, I've already sent him a thank you for that. he uh, I always appreciated him and Joe Colola refed a lot of the games down the stretch, which is a big deal to have, you know, when you're not in, or especially Brett, in this case where he wasn't even really on a on team, he was just there to cheer. You know, maybe he'd already every everything bought when he got hurt. But either way, just appreciate. Being there to ref those games so that players who are involved or uh, you know players who don't have as much experience refing as those two don't have to step into a big game. Um, uh, I can't say we didn't play echo during the day. I saw the end of the the echo uh, doom match, and it came down to Pion against a whole bunch of people on doom, and uh, Vince actually did an interesting move. he so he, he they had a lot of balls. I think Vince was holding two and and then they had four. So uh, Vince chucks the first one, probably ten feet over Pyon's head, I think, just to get him to make his move. Pyon drops down, and then as he's down now, they throw again immediately hmm. and just uh, lit him up. So, I actually, that's an interesting one to throw a ball to get someone to make their move. Normally, you'd use a fake for that, but that was it worked in this case. And Pyon was last in, and they all they hit him out, and he didn't get a catch. So that yeah, um, like Echo, a, yeah Echo's had a, f- a disappointing year so far, but. I'm sure at any point they'll probably figure it out.
0: Yeah. that I was going to kind of comment on, on Vince. It's like a a good probing type of shot. You know, like if you have the balls, you might as well physically like actually test one. That's I wonder if that's ever been, I not want to say done before, but I'm going to look out for that more now. That's pretty cool. Anyone's
1: ever, yeah. Maybe realize that that's what's happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything you can do to get that, that person in a final player situation to make their move uh, is really, uh, I mean, that's, that's the goal. You don't want the, their first move to be something you can't predict. Exactly. So you get them, you know, a lot of times you get someone to jump and the next time they dive on the ground and it's pretty, it's pretty clear what's going on. So if you can get that first move out of the way, the second move is usually not nearly as good.
0: Yeah. Especially if they, if they plant and commit to that catch and drop on their knees, and then you already have three of your teammates ready to throw as soon as that move has been made, you already know mm-hmm. what, uh, what that person's doing. That's pretty clever. Um, let's see who else I want to ask about, um,
1: uh, one other team I'd mention um, because I think actually it was, it was, I would say it's probably our toughest round of the bracket. The do match w- was pretty close, but, uh, the toughest match that we played was against, uh, saucy, which was, uh, at top eight of the winner's bracket. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think anyone got this match on film because it got delayed uh but but man it was uh that was a close match um and uh shout out to them i mean you know lots of great players on that team they made a change uh that mentioned earlier daniel from to he was playing on nope in round one and this round he uh (laughs) he got moved to saucy so uh good for him and uh so uh, interesting. Uh, they put a huge fight in. they ended up going out to rise uh, in the very next. Uh, they dropped down and beat a saucy. Or, sorry, they dropped down and beat a alliance and then went out to rise, you know ended up getting second. So consolation points, but again, theme, theme of the day is you don't get <laughs> you don't get anything for that..
0: Yep. Uh, I, I remember what team I want to ask about heat. looks like they did a little bit better in in Coed. Can you they
1: did uh we w- i was actually hoping to play them because we've never played them uh i think there would have been some um what are the word some uh, oh you didn't beat rise you know if rise didn't make it there and and us beat them but i was hoping to play heat because we don't really ever get a chance to play them i think it would have made for a pretty interesting final to shake it up uh from the, you know rise rainbows which hopefully is the uh, you know rainbows is half of that staple we'll see uh, but they, I didn't watch much of the rise game. Unfortunately, when I'm not playing, usually I, I'm not watching, I'm kind of trying to stay warm. And there was a pretty long break for us. Uh, we had to sit through the four or the heat and the rise match, the rise and the force match and the arsenal and the rise match. Uh, I felt like that all happened after we beat arsenal. So it kind of felt like a long time.
0: Gotcha. Um, let's see who else. Shade, how did they do?
1: I did not see Shade. We still have not played Shade yet either. Uh it looks like they lost to Rise as did many others, but they knocked Riot out, so it's a good showing for them. Um I don't know much about that team. I I know some of the players on it, but yeah, that's uh I couldn't tell you much on their f- their f- other than their finish which Eh, not t- not terrible
0: yeah they're a, they're a fun up team <clears throat> love their their facebook posts and their their fans it's, it's pretty hilarious
1: yeah that's something this year that's been i think is also people have said the jerseys have taken a step up but also the um the kind of the social media presence i'd say it's taken a step up really the north kind of started that i think if you've been involved in the uh The kind of rivalry between like dynasty and, uh, the Gamecocks. So I I hope to see more of that. I like, I like that the teams will have a social media presence and, you know, can have kind of a theme or a marketing, kind of a marketing campaign, so to speak, going on, you know, with their, their team online. I think that's pretty cool.
0: Oh yeah. Making it fun. Um, we used to do stuff like that for when I ran Tucson dodgeball way back in the day and we had, uh have like team captains making fun of each other calling them out on youtube and it was it was a blast but be cool to see something like that but a little more professional with with elite especially with um as you said more of a social media presence and and getting those likes and getting that uh virality going hopefully um i mean it's just it's really cool to see like a clip and see how many views it's had how many shares it's had um my favorite so far almost now of all time was that Brody catch, uh, with the, with the aliens that, um, I think them,
1: <laughs> Yeah. The X-Files.
0: Yeah. I mean, the more, more stuff like that gets out there. I mean, I think the more likely we'll see more people picking up on dodgeball and, and seeing, wow, these, these teams look good. They're polished. Um, you have teams like rise changing their name to San Diego rise. Now you have Mark cracking down on, on goofy names. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, that kind of change. Um, yeah, I
1: saw the rise change. That's an interesting one. Uh, you know, we don't have a city name. I wonder uh, that conversation hasn't come up yet. I wonder if they will do anything like that. Maybe. Yeah, I was. I don't I was, know that we could take Portland. Maybe the Oregon Rain Rose, or I don't know what sounds good.
0: Yeah, I was wondering how that would happen, especially you know when you have several teams of LA. You know, is it going to break down to like the the smaller cities like Torrance <laughs> or you know like or even Phoenix? Um, you know, are you, are you going to see like the Arizona Heat or the Phoenix Heat or the like the Tempe Titans or, you know, how's that going to work? But I, I like it. I think it's – I think that that's another good step in in the direction that we all want to see dodgeball take take part in. Um, I did want to ask, though uh, – well, first of all, actually, Surge scared me. When he said after consideration, I thought Ryze <laughs> was throwing the towel in, I was like, no, like this better <laughs> not be what I think it is. I was just remembering that. Um, I wonder if anybody else got that feeling –
1: Michael did Koi, uh from my team for sure. Yeah, I think he even commented on there. Um, and you know what? Actually, that's a, that's a, something interesting we saw this tournament was that team looked he looked a little older. Uh, I hope I don't. I, I mean, I'm sure I will catch a little flack for saying this, but down the stretch, they you know uh, maybe it was because they had to play a couple extra games, uh, or maybe it was the heat of the gym or the travel, but. Uh, they uh, – you you could tell at least one of them was cramping. I think Tim was wearing, um, like, one of those uh, bands you wear on your wrist to, like, put, to put pressure on your muscles so your hands don't cramp. Oh, wow. It looked like he was wearing one of those. Um, Tyler's, Tyler threw a catch to Tiffany in the only game he played in the final, and it, it looked like it had zero miles per hour on it. So – maybe, uh, they looked like they, uh, had hit a little bit of a wall by the time they got to us in the final final, which is something we've experienced before, but I've never noticed it from them. So that was an interesting thing.
0: Yeah. I, I wonder, um, you know, if, if the, if the locations were different, you know, if, if you had faced off in LA or San Diego, if, um, the cramping and the fatigue and all that stuff would have been a factor, but you know, it's, it comes with the territory um we want to be competitive we want to travel to other regions we got to figure out a way to to adapt and and condition and maybe that's um maybe it's a good wake-up call for people thinking wow I, I don't know what the weather is like in minnesota but you know if, if we're all going to trans or travel over to a completely new region might need to take that into consideration might need to actually start doing i don't say like high altitude training but you know just this isn't <laughs> la anymore like la and vegas right. aren't the the places that the competition is going to be, it could be anywhere now.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, I think it's good for the sport and it, if it helps maybe give some teams that are forced to travel more an edge here and there, then that's, you know, that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. Um, I definitely set for myself a specific like week up to regimen. I drank a liter of water every day and two liters the day before. And, uh, I'm not always so good about that. So, you know, that, that could have been part of what paid off for me. And, and now I have to challenge myself to continue that kind of thing going forward before tournaments.
0: So. Well, it's on record now. So <laughs> I'll be, I'll be shooting you a message a couple of days prior. Like, Hey, you hydrating? Cause we, it's funny. We do that before, you know, drill when we're about to do like a huge rock march or something crazy. Like we're, we're making sure we're all hydrating and you know, it's, it's like you said, you're supposed to drink like a liter or two liters a, a day um, prior to, to stop from you know dying on the side of the road. But, um, that might that might actually be a really good practice now that people are experiencing cramping and you know can, as you said we're getting older so we gotta take better care of ourselves.
1: And more different gyms you're you're playing in and who knows what the conditions are like San San Diego I'll have to definitely take that take yeah, that into account
0: exactly. Um,
1: but uh, it felt good to get the win. Uh, Rainbows has five second place finishes in our history. Uh, we finished second in open and co-ed at round two of 2016. Uh, we finished second place at two rounds for co-ed last year, uh, round one and two. And then uh, third place in open round one. And then we finished third place at nationals in co-ed. And then we finished second place at round one in co-ed of this year. So, I mean, we've knocked on that door. We Round one of last year, we even won the winner's bracket and then lost four straight to, uh, to echo. So this was, uh, kind of that, you know, we'd been knocking on the door, you know, we'd even kind of opened it halfway and peeked inside, but <laughs> we, uh, we busted through it this time. So
0: straight kicked it down from the looks of it. Yeah. So yeah. aside from this being, you know, in your home turf, aside from, um, maybe being acclimated to the, to the weather, what else did you guys do differently to, uh, to make this happen? Did you uh, did you owe Britt a championship from when you decided to play in in, in, in joust, uh for the Seattle Classic, or you know what, yeah, what, was, what was No, no here?
1: kidding. Um, I mean, she was she was <clears throat> big. Kate had injured her ankle at the LA Classic playing with um, Love Tap a couple mm. weeks, uh, about a month. I think it was about a month ago when that happened, when that tournament took place. Right, um, and it just being in our hometown, it made no it made no sense to avoid just. Covering that possibility, right? You know, if you have to pay, if someone has to pay for travel You know, that's kind of a different story. Then you maybe just kind of eat it, but Britt was going to be there anyway She's on that level, so it made no sense not to ask her and just say hey, you know We we may need someone. I can't guarantee you playing time You may just be shagging the entire time But it's going to give you the experience of being around a top-level team even if you don't play and being in that environment and being in the huddle and being a part of the game plan, so, you know, come take it. She ended up playing quite a lot. Kate sat a lot during round robin. She sat a couple games here and there in the bracket, including, you know, the game against Doom I mentioned where Britt recorded a key out. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, two key outs w- was part of the reason we won that match and in, in that game, so uh, she performed well and earned every bit of that uh, championship that I, I owed her, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we definitely played better in, in co ed than we did in open. I think I think we kinda have like a weird mental block around open because none of us none of us have experience with it. Like our first experience playing an open game regularly was when we started in Elite, you know, not having that balance of players who maybe take a back seat or don't need to be involved in every throw. You know, I, not to 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 crap on the guys or to say something different about the girls, but they tend to take a different uh, approach to the game. Guys always push to be up in front or involved. And it's, it's a different dynamic when you have a team of six guys and two or three of them need to not be in that throw and they need to give their ball to another guy. Um, And it's something that a lot of guys have trouble with. Uh, And, maybe it's just not even something that you run across as a piece of, of drama for the team. Just everyone doesn't even think about it, but in the co-ed game, it's much more clear. um, You know, I give my ball to Sean, Tiff hands her ball to me. Like it's just, it's clear. Tiff can throw the ball. We know we we can. And when we're in a position, she's part of the throw. We're happy to have her there and she can perform there better than any girl in, in, in 8.5 and in all of our opinions. Um, But it's different when you you have to deal with six egos and i think guys are definitely more ego filled players on average or in general so Mm -hmm. i think we i think what we i think we as a team play better in co-ed because of that not just because our girls are the best girls that are available but also not just available the best girls that are playing uh, but also because we're our roles on the team are better defined in open i think this is we've learned what i've learned from this is that our roles in open need to be more defined we need to lock it up more we need to we need to make sure that if someone's not fulfilling their their requirement that we say it and then we discuss it and then we get it out of the way and we make sure it gets fixed and we also slow the game down we we played rise ball i mean we there's, there would be almost different no difference other than that our girls were involved Uh, if you looked between the two teams and the way we played and uh, that's a tough thing I'm a big fan of running up and countering after someone throws and it just doesn't make sense to do that all the time and uh, I need to do a better job of picking that especially in open so uh, that's that's I think uh, something that we can take away and that we learned and and even put to more good use something we've kind of always known in open but we can now hopefully transition it to, or sorry, always done in coed, but hopefully we can transfer it to open.
0: Gotcha. So there's, there's, um, lessons learned that you can apply for both divisions or at least transfer from one to the other for, uh, to see how you can kick down that door for, for open instead of just knocking on it.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I would say I especially learned the difference just in, um, just in examining my play between the two and just the the way I play differently. And I think I've always played differently in co-ed. I think I've always kind of taken a more team approach in co-ed and and for some reason less in open. And I've looked at open as more of like a high performance, faster paced game. And it doesn't have to be that. So I think I I learned it as it was happening, but I didn't learn it until co-ed. And uh, while we were playing, I know and now watching the film, it's just solidified it. so I, I think we've we've taken something away from a win in Coed that can be added to open, but we'll see the time will tell.
0: right. we'll see in in July. maybe.
1: Um, one other thing that was really I think was cool. you know, we mentioned a lot of the differences of it being in the Northwest, but we also got to see a bunch of players get their first crack at elite. Um, and you know, bringing their local teams down. Seattle was the biggest example of this. There was unfortunately no Portland teams that were new. There was one or two Portland players who might not normally play that showed up and played. But uh, we had um, Fembots, which is a uh, team of Seattle ladies that made the trip, hmm. and uh, you know, did well for themselves. I think they probably hit about what their expectations were. Um, in coed, we had the Land Sharks, which is a team uh, Vince and uh, when put together and, uh, Greg, our co- our guy on open played with them in coed, um, sorry, you didn't get a championship, Greg. Um, and then, uh, grunge grunge was another team of Seattle folks that, that made the trip down has been started competing this year locally in our kind of cross pollinated tournaments, but got a chance at elite, which is, I mean, it can only be good for those players, you know? To see that there is somewhere to go, if you want to keep playing Dodgeball, there's somewhere to go. like there's a top level that you you know you aren't going to crack anytime soon of being the best at. you know there's always room
0: for the more improvement. right was, uh, That was one of the things I want to ask too. Was, was there any new teams that came from your region, and I, were they there for round one, um, Roybots or Ro- Roybits?
1: Roybits. yeah Roybits. uh Royvats was there yes they were uh they were not an open team in round 1 they got a ch- uh, they were an open team but they played with two of their ladies uh they basically played with the same team in open and coed they they played with uh full six guys in this tournament uh and added uh, Michael Lyons who I don't believe was at round 1 and is a, a very talented player who can uh, make a lot of noise and um we played them very early on. I, they may have even been our uh, our like third match or something like that. And we we you know we took them down pretty easily. It looks like they went out to uh, Arsenal in there, so they went two and done. They lost their first and then lost uh, right away. So they lost to Showtime and then lost to Arsenal. But going down to Arsenal is, you know even though they lost the ra- the match right after that to Downpour isn't something to be too sad about. It's a solid team. Right. Um, but uh, they got a chance, you know, and, and they got a chance to compete uh, in their co-ed team as well. And their ladies got a chance to compete in the women's division, which I think, I think is great. Uh, and other women from Seattle got a chance at that. The Northwest, we don't really have women's, like I said, we don't really have open. Um, so those, those players getting a chance to, do, to compete like that is, uh, is good for them.
0: Is, uh, is Retro a, n- a new team?
1: No, Retro Cali was at round one. Um, It's David Tate's. Uh, I think Tad was on that team at round one and Jake uh, Laster, who was not at round two. Then a few other people, I think uh, Davy's girlfriend, uh, Rochelle or Rachel, she was on that team at round one, but I don't recall seeing her at round two, but they were there at round one.
0: Gotcha. Okay. That's just my, my poor memory there. I will say, though, uh, 20, 28 KoA teams, uh, that's a lot to, to remember. Yeah, no, so. no
1: kidding. Uh, that bracket took a long time. Uh, just to, I mean, just to count out, just to tell you the teams that we played on our, our run there, which I think is pretty crazy, uh, we had to play Land Sharks, which I mentioned uh, was a Seattle team with, a, with one of the Rainbows on it, so we took them down early. Then we had to play Doom, Saucy, Force, Arsenal and Rise. So, uh, Saucy, I mean, might be the unsung team in that group. I think I mentioned them already. Uh, They uh, just a great team. Uh, Nowhere to go but up for them. Uh, And Doom right before them. Force right after them, which was third at uh, the last round. We played them twice at round one and and took them out both times. We took them out 2 0 this time. Arsenal, we 2 0'd. Um, I mean, they had a, a very interesting side of the bracket. They went through Echo. They went through Havoc and they went through Heat. So just, I mean, these, this, this no slouch, this 28-team tournament, uh, once you get down to it, there's probably 12 or 14 teams that are, that I mean, that have a chance.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not like, um, <clears throat> dare I say, it, it's not like open where there's, there's like maybe five that have a real s- solid chance at, at taking first. It's, uh, it's like you said, there's like 14 teams here that it can be anybody's day. Um, I think I lost you though. Oh, um, no, I'm sorry? Cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, I
1: I think see. you're exactly right that it could be anyone's day. And I think that's, what's great. I, you know, we don't, the, the co-ed division doesn't necessarily get the same, uh, maybe publicity. People don't necessarily take it as seriously, but I think it's a way better tournament than open because of just the amount of teams that have a chance. I mean, you would say Echo was the national champion two years ago. Uh, and here they are finishing outside of, I think, outside of top eight. And the last tournament, they were like fifth or sixth. So that's, I mean, that's saying a lot even of itself. They really have had no roster changes. Um, and then, and other teams have just stepped their games up. So that's, uh, that I, I think... Uh, I've heard some, um, some grumblings that a coed may go to three and three and that it may actually change to no sting in the West. And Mm. I think that would be a mistake given the competitiveness and the, the, um, what's the word, the, just how evenly matched all these teams are at the top of coed. I think it would be a mistake to make a change to that.
0: Yeah, I was uh, I was groaning not so much for three on three. I, I think that wouldn't be nearly as catastrophic as just losing yet another eight point five division. That that would just that would hurt a lot personally.
1: Yeah, I mean t- to me it's it's elite, right? I don't I don't to me no sting doesn't just doesn't feel uh, elite. Maybe I'm a, maybe I'm an elitist. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I got but,
0: that uh, pun. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, uh, bad puns all day. I'll, I'll keep at it. <laughs> um, but uh, it just, it feels like 8.5 is elite. It's what we do the open division in. We have coed, no sting in the regions like in the South where 8.5 was unheard of before elite got there. Um, and in the east they do their co-ed no sting and it's fine we do it at nationals but in the west I mean we have the best 8.5 playing women in the country that's they should have the chance to still play it after they after it got taken out of women's I think you'd be I think we'd be doing a disservice to dodgeball if we took
0: that away yeah I'm I'm with you I no sting is obviously very competitive but for, for me the way I see it, it 8.5 is the like the the apex of competitive dodgeball and going to no sting is kind of like i don't want to say a step down because that might offend some people but i definitely feel like it's it doesn't have the same intensity and um strategy and competitiveness that eight point five eight point five 8.5 has and again that could just be from years of playing 8.5. If I had started on foam, I'd probably be saying the exact same thing for foam. But.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you would. I, yeah, I, I definitely think we could both admit that our biases are 8.5, but I think that we also have fairly strong arguments for why 8.5 is the most balanced game um, in its current form, that throwing and catching are both pretty equally big, and I think we'd both be right if we said that no sting was definitely a thrower's
0: game. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, I mean, show me a curveball from eight point five, impressive. Show me no sting, meh. Nah. It's not as not yeah. As cool. If you
1: can't throw a curveball and no sting, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, I don't want to be too mean, but yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I agree. Like, what are you doing? Um, I think uh, I think we're good on co-ed. I did want to ask, so if any other players that you may have noticed um, stood out, kind of like the open question. But uh, that we uh, might have missed before we go into showdown, real quick.
1: Sure, yeah, I would say um, Reeve was—I mean, Reeve was amazing. Reeve had in our first game against Force, Reeve Moore, M O I R. He's our, one of our other rookie to uh, to rainbows. He plays on both open and coed, unlike Greg, who just plays on coed. In our first game against Force, uh, I threw a catch in the opening throw against uh, Brittany Mastro, and then pretty quick after that. I want to say it was Coy Michael Coy threw a catch to Glenn and then Reeve on his own made two catches one on Colin and one on Sean uh, Colin O'Brien and one on Sean Wheeler to bring us back into the game and just pulled it he was the only player in the game him and Kate might have been the only two who stayed in the game the whole time but I feel like at one point he was final so I mean from start to finish he's the only player who was in the game the whole time. Hmm clutch plays throughout, smart play, controlled play, didn't put himself out of position, um, went for the catch when you needed him to every time, stayed alive when he was thrown at in a position he shouldn't try to catch. Uh, and that was not the only match he you know, he was the hero of. He, he was big, 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 big. Uh, let's see here. Let's look at some of the other teams. I don't think Arsenal, I think... I think Arsenal is a team that really relies on their players to have big games. I don't know that they necessarily are at the talent level that they just can carry it every time and all of them as a team get there. I think it relies on really big performances. So I would say that uh, you know on the backs of uh, Maddox and uh, uh, Jarrell, they I mean they uh, they put in work to get them to the winners final, so that's an impressive mm. performance right there. Um, Saucy bringing in Daniel, uh, in there and their other guys, Xander. Um, when we played them, those two were scary. I'm pretty sure I caught Daniel Ariano in that match, which was a big turning point. Um, but Xander hit me out. Just, uh, he would just throw a ball and I couldn't quite get the block up in time. He'd hit my hand. I'm always, when you ever get hit, like on the hand or like on the finger Kind of like, oh, like the in the ring between your your pointer finger and your thumb. Those are the worst. Uh, and you and I, I think I think what happened is I was like coming up to block, and we were about to throw, and I had to I had to like start the count to throw because I was the counter, but I also had to dump my ball and walk out of bounds. So that was a really fr- really frustrating <laughs> moment. I remember pretty clearly, even though we don't have it on film. I had to I had to step out of bounds while counting still. Uh, so shout out to them again, they, they put up a huge fight. Um, Vince try, I mean, Vince tried on his own to carry us over doom. I don't think any of them played specifically well in that match, except him. He had two catches. He caught Reeve and he caught Sean in the same game that they ended up losing because uh, that was the game that he then got hit out right after. And, uh, and they threw the catch to Tiff. So. Uh, he, I mean, he did everything he could. It's really frustrating to, for your team to lose two games when you also make two catches. Uh, I bet so. Shout mm-hmm. out to him. He played well. I'm sure everyone expected that, but just he still a shout out.
0: Just out of curiosity, did, did he look like he was slowed down at all? Like the the heat and the cramping was affecting him?
1: No, Vince looked fine. I didn't <sighs> notice any problems with Vince. But I, again, I you know they won open, so he had to play more games there, and then um, you know they didn't. Uh, they didn't go too far in coed. It's the they lost to Fury, so
0: it's the vegan powers of the vegetarian. <laughs> it's gotta be.
1: He takes good. My understanding of Vince is that he takes really good care of himself. You know, not only is a vegan, but uh, he takes really good care of himself. So yep. I'm not surprised that he's 100. percent
0: Just well conditioned. Uh, uh,
1: let's see. I'm looking through some of the other teams here.
0: Uh, you know what? I wanted to ask. Um, yeah. Was Ashley Tyree there?
1: Yeah, she was. She played on downpour. How did she do? I didn't see... You know, we didn't play downpour. Normally, we play them at every tournament. Um, we played them twice, I think, in open. Once in the bracket and once in round robin at round one. But we didn't play them at all here mm. um, and in co-ed either. They had a great seed in co-ed. My, what I heard about that was that the, the uh, grouping that they were in was was not very good, but it had echo in it, so got at least one to other top team. But they came out with uh with a really high seed after uh after Coed. Let's see here. They were the two seed. So they must have been doing something right. right.
0: <laughs> I would say so. Um, but I couldn't
1: tell you specifically how she played.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see like how she, she adapts. So I've I've seen her play since like two thousand six, seven and she was just a catching fiend i've seen her catch like one-handed double that's like on purpose like you know people will catch like they'll do a double catch and it'll be because they bear hugged two balls at the right time sure, yeah she's i've seen her do left and right one of them against uh mason shank i don't know if you, you probably don't know who that guy is but no. a monster here in arizona or a former monster he was like the catch him before catch him is what we we're kind of starting to equate him as and uh okay. so she was just great all around i'm curious to see like if she's able to to adapt to the elite style and, and, and get back up to or get past to her where she was. Um, so I'll be watching her um, more. And I'm assuming Kevin Pack didn't show up for this.
1: He did not. He was Dang originally it. actually supposed to be on our team for this tournament. I mean, we couldn't get him, we couldn't convince him to travel to all the LA and San Diego or Nationals, but he was committed to playing with us in Portland. And a couple months ago, he told us he had to back out. So no unfortunately not i was hoping to also see Stephen Britton.
0: yeah uh, uh,
1: at this tournament but he did not make an appearance either so um i think just some of those guys that maybe kind of their lives have moved them past dodgeball
0: maybe for the case of Stephen, i mean i've always seen him always seen him do like spartan races and um curious as yeah. always to see how he would have done he was a phenomenal catcher i'm glad james is still playing i'm assuming james alston was was there yes, right? he's on downpour Yeah, good to see him, Always good to see Brandon, but yeah, just always going to hold a candle for that one day Kevin Pack shows up, and I just just want him to (laughs) see what it's like. I
1: actually think Stephen Britton is, uh, uh, I think he, he, I mean, if he were playing, he would be one of the top three or four Northwest players. I think he's much better, at least the last time I saw Pack play and and how I remember him playing. I've always considered Stephen Britton to be a better all-around player. I don't maybe maybe he didn't have the arm that I I think he does now. When you last saw him play, but he can throw, he can catch, he can play anywhere on the court. His catching just up up court, his catching in the middle is was amazing. He used to play here in our leagues, and I even I even got the chance to play on a team with him for a couple seasons. And just um, he didn't always care necessarily about ball control or things like that. But uh, you know I think that's because he was playing in a rec league and it wasn't that big a deal to him. But against the top competition, even he he could consistently show that he was the best player or one of the best players not only on the court but playing the game in the area. so, so it's a bummer for me. I, I think I would say I'm even more bummed not to see him playing than yeah. Kevin Pack because I have a, I hold him in very high regard.
0: That's fair. And then uh, you know for for me and some of the older guys like like Chad, you know we've, we've just seen we're used to seeing Kevin play and we wanted to adapt um get humbled by elite and then get better because that would i I imagine that's how it would go um he definitely has an arm on him but you know as elite has proven time and again you can't just roll in here with just an arm and and excel you have to you have to bring it all so it would be really cool to see one day kevin show up play go back get better and then really start murdering people like like the good old ndl days when he used to do Mm -hmm. that um I think that's all I had as far as um, co-ed. Definitely want to get into Showdown real quick. And I saw that um, that you're still in it. So that's awesome. And you said that before we started recording, there was the potential for um, Northwest to be the entire, like uh, that's all it that was left.
1: Yeah, the Northwest could have been the entire <clears throat> top four. And actually it was it was most of the top eight. So the top eight was... Uh, so we played two rounds here. So there were 16 and then eight. So I won't go back as far as 16 individually. I, I can tell you that I had to beat Mick uh, in top 16, and then I had to play Corey Arondales in eight, and I knocked them both out. Hmm. But at top eight, it was Sean Anderson, Rainbow, Dan Robertson, who's on uh, Wild Cards, Corey Arondales from Arsenal, me from Rainbows, Ryan Haley from LA Riot, Michael Coy from Rainbows. Roy McElmurray from Roybots and Drew joins from Drew Jones from uh, Double Tap. So let's see: Drew, Roy, Koiv, me, Sean. So that's five of those eight were Northwest. And uh, before that, Koiv beat my dad, who was also top sixteen. So wow. that matchup would have been a Northwest. Know, pretty highly likely. So, and actually I think my dad beat him. <laughs> I want to see the film of that, but they called, uh, they called one of the hits, they called simultaneous. And then in the replay, they called that Koi fit my dad first. And I think, I think it was the other way around. I think my dad won that match. So potentially my dad could have been <laughs> top eight <laughs> if he had beaten Ryan Haley in his, you know, in the same place that Koi did. So that had been uh, a pretty interesting match. So
0: man, um, how cool would that have been to like have to battle against your dad for, for showdown
1: (laughs) yeah think of so he would have had to go against drew jones had he beaten ryan haley uh and so if he'd have beaten drew and i beat dan robertson who's my top four my semifinal matchup to play to to be to be the one from the west to have a father son in that man that would have been uh (laughs) that that would have been something
0: that would have been fun to build hype around i would have i would have savored every second of that just to just for the drama so um,
1: either way, if I win my matchup, I've got to play someone from the Northwest. So, I mean, we've got a pretty high chance of the one from the West being a Northwest player. Uh, so that's crazy. I mean, that'll be pretty cool in our in our really our first full year of bringing multiple teams to every round. Here we are, which is really, I mean, which is what you have to do to, to play in the showdown because you can't, you can't make it to the showdown all the way through without being at every round. So right. most you know for Drew and for uh I think my dad's been in all the rounds but for Drew and Roy players who made the top 8 and Drews in the top 4 uh you know this was their first opportunity to do that so good for them
0: Very cool um so this will continue in San Diego
1: Yes so we'll play the last two rounds for the for the west so I'll play Dan Robertson Michael Coy will play Drew Jones. And then the winner of each of of those matches will play. And then the one will be determined from that to play in the top four from the country at at Minnesota Nationals.
0: Nice. Now, you played Showdown last year and the year prior?
1: Uh, The year prior, I did not. The year prior, we were only at the Palm Springs round. And uh, so I couldn't join it. That was round two because it had already started. But yet last year, I played it and I made it to top four and lost to Vince. Ended up winning. Vince went out to Ryan Haley in the first round of this year, and Ryan Haley's out now. So, uh, you know that was the barrier I ran into last year. Not in front of me this year, so I'm I'm liking my chances. But Dan is a scary player. Uh, he took out Sean pretty quick, uh, and I think I think I have a better skill set for this than Sean. But it was interesting to watch them go at it and and how easily Dan handled him. So I'll uh, I'll have my work cut out for me.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch in uh, San Diego, which I will actually be at.
1: <laughs> no for. surprise weddings this time, huh? Yeah.
0: Unless it's my own, which ha <laughs> not a chance. Um yeah, I'll definitely be there for, for San Diego. And um yeah, I was gonna ask if this was like your best showing for showdowns so far. But uh I'll probably tied ask for. That in San Diego. Yeah, it looks like you're you're tied from last year. <clears throat> um I don't wanna say I'm surprised to see Michael Koev on there but I've been seeing a lot of him and I, I, I vaguely recall him from my days in, in, in the PNW but um, pretty cool that, that he's popping up more and more and I wonder if that has to do with just um, that's just the strength you guys are bringing to the, to the plate or to the table so to speak
1: I've kind of had this discussion with a few other people uh specifically in the question of has any other pl- has any other team just kind of jumped on the scene and had the immediate impact that we've had and i mean even you can see even if you take fortune to new account um the answer is no like no other team has kind of jumped on the scene and immediately made a splash you know in our first i guess you would say it kind of our first Two full years, you know, we have several second place finishes. Now we have a win. Um, we've got a couple third place finishes, including one at nationals. So, um, no, t- no team has really ever come in and made the kind of splash that we make. And, and the reason is is because when we formed, we had more or less first pick of the talent pool in our in a pretty big market. Right. Uh, most teams forming now. So I think I was talking to it was Connor Heelan from EXO. I was talking to him about this. You know, they're they're forming a new team, EXO's a new team this year. But they don't uh, there's already what 10, 15, 12 teams from LA to take the take the talent, you know, the people who are willing to go and the best talent available. So they're pulling from, you know, you know, the newer players that are coming into play that, you know, have talent, have potential, but we were pulling from basically the doom. The por- the Northwest doom equivalent is what we formed. So it's no surprise that we were able to have success and it's also no surprise that most new teams that come in don't don't get that uh, Opportunity and don't start out where we did.
0: That is a that's a really good point um, Hopefully I'm not the only one that's guilty of this but uh, I never admitted this before where when I think of uh, Seattle and Portland rainbows I feel like you guys are all from the same city and not five hours apart and you have like this huge talent base of of people to choose from and so you know going back to when you and i were talking for the interview it's like man it's it's doom and rise and maybe 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 titan maybe us at the time and it would take a miracle to come out of left field to dethrone one of them so we can even have a chance to get to you know the first place seed and then boom here here come you guys um I don't want to say a bunch of nobodies, but really a bunch of unknowns. But you just we were in. nobodies. That's, yeah.
1: that's the right way to say it. And no, no one on <clears throat> our, no one down there knew who anyone, but maybe Lukas was at that time. Like Lukas, maybe knew a couple people, but uh, you guys had quit playing NDL before Sean and Ricky made their only appearance there. Um, I, you know, I had never been outside of the Northwest to play, um, so it, it, we were nobodies. I mean, that's the right way to say it. No one knew mm-hmm. who we were. We never made a made our uh, so to speak our mark on the dodgeball map outside of the area that we we lived in. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's it's takes a lot of things uh, aligning properly because even even another market that may have the amount of players ready to come join at the quality, none of them play 8.5. Like there's no untapped market like that left that we know of, you know, I don't know, maybe people didn't know of Northwest very much. Maybe there's something like that in Iowa or I don't know, (laughs) (laughs)
0: Hawaii.
1: I, you know, who knows? Like maybe Alaska has that and we just don't know about it. But so, so I mean, I it's, there's who, who can predict if there's any other place like that where they've been playing 8.5 for 15 years and they have a pool of players that have played and grown in the game and committed to it enough that, if they put their all-star all-star uh, all-star team together, they could make an impact on the best players in the country. So
0: that's a It's interesting thought or an interesting point and a, a fun thought to, to think about. And um, it's funny you said Hawaii. Uh, that was actually the case uh, for the NDL during two thousand nine through eleven. Mixed plate crew was was probably exactly that. I mean, it's a small small state, little collection of islands where they're probably getting the best players, and they were they were awesome they were very scrappy very very good players and you're like how how did this team come out of nowhere and just start defeating everybody but um yeah who knows maybe there's uh some untapped potential out there somewhere and you know hopefully elite can grab it and we can just bring more people into the fold as i like to say and we'll just get better and better because of it um but i think that's that's all i had for for both open and co-ed um did you, uh, any ha- did you have anything else that you wanted to kind of highlight or, or points to talk to? You? Uh,
1: well, this was a fun, yeah, I mean, uh, outside of the tournament, uh, we, I mentioned the party a little bit. This was a really oh, fun right. tournament for me in that I got to kind of be a part of my hometown a little bit, you know. So the party was at a local bar that i have been to before. I got to show a couple people who are willing to go out, you know, good times at a couple of our uh, – what they call barcades – so on Thursday night, we all went out. Uh, there was probably about 20 of us, You know, f- f- a couple of us rainbows and a bunch of people. Pine was there and Brendan Bulliard and Tori and James from Showtime and uh, Casey Reed from Love Tap and uh, Christina. A bunch of them came out to Ground Control, which is a, bar- a barcade we have downtown. They have a bunch of classic arcade games right, and I pinball machines and stuff. So we got to go out and party there and play you know, games until like one in the morning. And then um, Sunday we went out again to uh, Quarter World, which is another big barcade. We have tons of pinball machines. And I got to hang out with uh, you know James and Nick and, uh, and Tori again. And Alicia came out for a minute and Kara Package came out. And so we got to uh, have a blast kind of in our hometown and show, you know, show those people here when, when we want to go have a good time in Portland, like, you know, this is what we go do. So I thought that was really fun and I think it's something that more areas could maybe do is provide, you know, maybe not everyone's schedule suits it, but provide something like that night before the night before the tournament and the night, you know, or the day after the tournament, give, uh, give those people who are local a chance to hang out and, and show them maybe something that you like to do in your town. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, that carries on, but I was happy to, to be a part of that here in Portland.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good point because, you know, I'm going to, we're going to travel to LA in July, big, big whoop. Same thing with San Diego, been there, done that. But like, it was really cool seeing a bunch of people, especially us Arizonans going to Portland and commenting on the beauty and the green and, um, you know, just enjoying a, an opportunity to, to explore a new, a new region. And, um, it was really cool. And I was very jealous of, of seeing some of the barcade shots and, just thinking dang it that that wedding really uh took a lot <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah it, it was it's cool seeing that and i wonder if that's going to be the case for you know minnesota for nationals um i felt like it was the case for new orleans uh, in 2016 when i went to the nationals for that so it's always cool seeing like the what do you call it not, not the melding pop but like just the the merging of of regions and, and other people seeing new sites and it just adds a whole other element to the awesomeness that is the the dodgeball community that we all know.
1: yeah, I think um I guess I would issue a challenge and you know not to say that you have to do anything, but maybe it's something you could do if you're the hometown team or a couple people take it on themselves uh, to just to just throw an event while while people are there. It doesn't have to be something you make everyone come to. It doesn't have to be a big deal, but a couple nights before or uh, the day after. Anyone who's still in town, just put it out there and say, hey, you know, this is something I love to do while I'm in town. This is a bar that I love or this is a restaurant that I love. Let's meet at this time and just, just set it up there. You know, not everyone's going to make it, but just set it up there and give, it, give people a chance to see something that's part of, you know, the, your hometown. So uh, that would be something I think that, that would really help the morale of the community and everyone get to know each other better. Um, and, uh, to speak to what you said about trees, that was, I think the funniest thing I heard Tori say when we got to, when he got to ground control on Thursday night, uh, it it was like 10 or something, I think when we all met up there and he's like, oh my gosh, I was driving along the freeway and there are trees, there are trees here. How are there (laughs) trees in this place? I I said, yeah, it's a really big step up over the uh, barbed wire that you have wrapped around (laughs) your, your freeway signs in LA, isn't it?
0: yeah uh. <laughs> uh i made a comment to a friend of mine i was like oh all my dodgeball friends are are posting about how great organ is and how their trees have like leaves and like it's green and it's just not what we're used to i mean we have trees here but it's all you know dried up stuff and they want to kill you and then you've got c- cacti and whatnot yeah um that's a good challenge um and hopefully serge ferrari you're listening now that you're the san diego rise you know just saying just going to leave it at that so um uh, nudge um
1: nudge agreed nudge
0: cool man well um i definitely appreciate you hopping on and and you know kind of recapping and i think between you and tim wells now you guys are tied for the most appearances on the podcast Woo-hoo. so far but uh i thought that you know not only just since you guys won co-ed but also because this had to do with portland it just made sense to to reach out to you first and We'll see if I can get the, uh, the women's division, but uh, as far as open and Koei goes again, tall order, but definitely appreciate you stepping up and being willing to, to recap and, um, congrats. And yeah, I'll, um, I'll for sure see you in San Diego.
1: Thank you, Steve. Yeah. Thank you again for having me on. Always a pleasure and uh, really enjoy doing stuff like this. So I look forward to seeing you then.
0: Sounds good. Alrighty. So, um, I do want to warn anybody that uh, the audio for this next piece may not be the best. Uh, unfortunately, I was not able to uh, connect with Crystal um, in a close-off setting. Uh, I caught her when she was uh, driving, so uh, for any of you guys with, I guess, sensitive ears, um, I do apologize. Um, I did, however, not want to um, not cover the women's in any aspect, the women's division. So. Uh, did, did just want to kind of, um, give a fair warning before we begin. So on that note, we'll just go right into the interview with, uh, Crystal Briones. righty. So here to, uh, to help me recap, uh, the women's division, cause I definitely, um, a did not want to miss that. And B I didn't think Alan would be, uh, capable of doing so, um, is, uh, Crystal Briones. Uh, Crystal, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I do want to just kind of apologize in advance because, um, you're, you're in your car, so if anybody's wondering what's going on with the audio, um, that's just the only way we can connect. So um, first off, thank you for joining, and um, I'll just get right into it. Um, what was the main difference that you noticed between round one and round two? Just to kind of jog your memory a little bit.
2: The main difference from round one and round two, um, besides round two being in Portland, Oregon, which is my first time there. A beautiful, beautiful city. Um, and then going into the venue, I thought the venue was not bad up until the tournament kept going, and you could just tell that there was no ventilation um, in that building as far as like the Nets, and basically, I know at CSUN, one of the issues from round one uh, was the lack of space for uh, anywhere really, so like mount GoPros and video and film, you yeah, know, for film, which is important nowadays. So a lot of the team um, in their training, and I know, you know, for me personally, it's important. But you know, round two's venue allowed for that, but it was it was insanely hot, like maybe an hour into it, you could just tell that there was no ventilation. Uh, as far as the overall flow and operations of the tournament, I thought it went well, it's just, it's just the way, Watch no, it's way better this time around, I think about it, sorry, it's been so long, <laughs> um, <laughs> I know, we can ask, uh,
0: it's a lifetime for, uh, for dodgeball players,
2: I mean, I, I, know, I've been crazy slammed with school and everything, so, um, anyways, it's quite the point, um, Mark, we, the women's division, we have to go through an entire round robin to time around versus round one. Um, you know, in order for us to do this, a bunch of the captains agreed that there would just be no break for the referees, um, which was a little challenging when bathroom breaks were needed because there were consistent back-to-back-to-back, back, and if you wrap you just didn't really have a moment to step off the court. Um... Or you joke for an adequate bathroom break. But other than that, being able to play every team during round robins, I thought was the main and most important part of round two versus round one. Uh, Uh,
0: Has so has that been an issue previously? I'm so sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Has that been like an issue previously, like in other? like, previous rounds for last year? Like, is it, does that usually happen with that's women's?
2: A, I mean, that's a really good question. I feel like I wouldn't be able to answer that because I'm I, you know, I'm due to the captaining thing, and uh, kind of, and so I know for round one, it seems from the conversation that they were having, it seems that uh, the women's division not getting enough court. Or playing time, or you know, for the many teams that we have, we just didn't get enough corps to, to complete a full round robin. So it was be able the past from last year. Actually, I not that, but I know that it wasn't an issue that long. Gotcha. It's people to express it
0: That's fair. Yeah, I, I just um, I don't, I don't know if that's just me not. Not paying attention but um i think um for for open round one got cut off but I, I don't know for some reason that that didn't seem like that bothered me too much to to notice it was like oh well we've got you know co-ed going still and, and all this other stuff so i never really uh paid attention to how often things got shortened but um so i guess that that's a good takeaway um i know a lot of people did co- complain about the humidity they weren't expecting the uh, the heat and the lack of ventilation. Um, you know, I was talking with Allen. They don't. Um, there's a lot of buildings that don't have AC because um, it's Oregon. Um, you know, it's not like the the desert that we're used to. Um, yeah. Did that impact your your plane at all? I mean, I, I feel like that's kind of a dumb question, but um, I guess how did that impact your plane? I mean, I
2: definitely don't think it's a dumb question. Uh, I know a lot of a lot of players were suffering from heat rash and heat exhaustion. Um, personally, maybe this is me not paying attention, so, you know, forgive me for, for, you know, I missed something, but I don't think I noticed it really affecting anyone up until, the you coed know, co-ed started. I mean, I know people were complaining about how hot it was, but, um, I didn't really see it take into effect until after the women's division was done. But I think maybe for me personally, at that point, my, you know, women's was over, my, my adrenaline was so high, so... I was paying more attention to what was really going on. I don't know, um, but the heat did not affect my game during the elimination now, as hmm. far as you know, my perspective. But I did see it. I did see it make people. Uh, I did see people get sick from it later on in the day, for sure.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of probably. Um, an abnormal amount of cramping and just people you know just dealing with dehydration because you, you know um i've been to oregon a few times it's 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 gorgeous up there and sometimes when you're in a nice environment you don't think how quickly you can dehydrate yourself uh just by moving around especially playing dodgeball so i can definitely see um maybe some adjustments being made for future tournaments um it was interesting because in in the previous recording with alan he was t- kind of talking about how Geo- uh, geography is going to be like an issue now or, or just something to consider like, oh, well now humidity is a, is a thing or high altitude maybe is a thing. So I wonder if that's something that you guys took away from from this round or do you guys just always try to stay in, in the best shape when playing? Yeah, I think it's more so, I
2: think it's a little bit of both. I feel like, I think with everything that happened with round two and the heat, um, I think people are going to be a little bit more aware of that. Right. At the same time, like it was Oregon. Like, no one really expected that to really happen in a gym setting. I, I think this is probably one of the first times it happened because when I was, you know, I had a brief conversation with Jake about it. Jake Mason was very upset with the club or the, you know, the organization who hosted or owned the gym. Very upset with the lack of communication they mentioned. I like, didn't mention anything that happened. So oh, wow. eventually, all the emergency exit doors were open. Um, but, you know, that United States didn't much. The health didn't look the solution. And she was very, very upset. So, um, yeah, I think it's important for teams to think about geography. And I feel like they, may, they probably already do. They're, they're going to go for a poll and for the extract. in general, everyone should say, stay fit. You're an elite, stay fit.
0: Yep. That's um. It's interesting you mentioned about like the GoPro accessibility or not being able to to hang them up because um. My first thought was like, yeah, that sucks. We we don't get um, a good amount of highlights now. But when you said that impacts your ability to train, how how much do you guys rely on film?
2: Speaking for myself, I, I watch it pretty. I used to when I had the time. Um, I used to watch it pretty religiously. So going into rounds one, I didn't really have any other commitments other than, you know, adulting and then from round one and round two I actually went back to nursing school so um, a lot of my priority has been towards that and so I don't watch film the way I did prior to going into the program Um, but even now, you know, since since we've played since, you know, whatever, two weeks ago I guess I've watched it a couple times already just to see I mean, there are a lot of things that you can point out. Fundamental mistakes that we, you know, that we made as as, as a team, and the video and having video is important so that we can highlight that. And, and I think it's different to talk about it, you know, and when, when a teammate points out, "Hey, you did this wrong. Do this better." It's one thing to say it and verbalize that, but when you, I feel like when you get to watch it yourself, and it really makes it a bigger impact. Right. You know, and you know better not to do that. There were moments where, you know, a player of mine had a ball in their hand. And instead of blocking, they went for a catch that they probably should have just blocked. Um, things like one corner is moving up, you know, without the other corner following or moving along with to protect. And so that corner is exposed and, you know, that's an out right there. So you know, those mistakes are things that help us, um, and that I value when we watch videos. And those are conversations, you know, speaking for my team strictly. Obviously, Um, that's the things we we point out to each other because it's important. And it's also fun to see the highlights too. You don't really get to see yourself. It's it's fun to watch yourself do really cool things on film. Cool
0: stuff for sure. So let's kind of talk about uh, some of some of the teams. so obviously pop that one, um, I must want to ask, like, did they, did they feel different than when you played against them during round one or did that feel like a different team or were you guys just kind of out of sync or, or what, what happened there with that, um, that final match? If you can recall. Um,
2: fun question. We actually got to play pop that, we got to play pop that three times in Oregon. Um, and we also got to play money shot three times in Oregon, um, both in the both at round robin and then in the bracket, and then we played, both of them, we played pop that in finals and they shot in the semifinals. Um, and as far as in comparison to like round one, how, we, how I felt pop that did, I mean, we beat pop that during round robin um, two to one. And, you know, it would have been 2-0, to zero, but I made the mistake of, uh, what a rookie mistake. We, on a catch that we had, the wrong player came in. So we didn't do first out, first in. Uh, Skip me, I was the first out. Definitely didn't go to me. Someone else came in, and then we forfeited that match because of my error, simple error. Um, so we played them for a third match, and then we cut the third match. So we felt good. Going in, into you know after that win, we felt good about the rest of round robin and going into playoffs. You know, anytime you beat a big team like Pop out or Invasion, it's definitely a confidence booster. Um, and so going into playoffs, like I said, we felt good. I know this time they are missing Erica, um, who is currently recovering from a knee injury. And, you know, that's a big player for that. That's a big player on the court and, you know, off the court mentally and organizationally. I believe Brittany Mathrow, you know, mentioned how her role has to change in the classic podcast that you guys had that long ago. Um, mm-hmm. And her having to fill in almost like this emotional um, leadership role that Erica has for Erica to still kind of be a part of the team and be on the sideline cheering them on. Still perform well. they still powerhouse. I think CC was there. I don't. Did CC playing round one. I can't. I can't remember. My everything is so blurred. I don't remember CC playing round one. But she, you know, was MVP for classic, and she played anomaly also at Oregon. So I think, and then they're the ones that put us into the redemption bracket. So I think. Anytime you're coming from the protection bracket, I mean, just for me personally, I know some people have a different feel for it. I think it's almost heavier to, to have the pressure of winning, you know, having to win twice, you know, four times. And
0: you're saying it's it's kind of like a it, it feels heavier when you're playing against uh, a team that you have to beat twice for the finals.
2: Yeah, and then maybe you know, maybe that that's the mentality. I guess I have. I've had conversations with. Uh, veteran players who almost feel like the redemption bracket, there's, there's almost like pressure, right? I don't know. And in general, for that, we had a pretty tough match going into round two. You know, we played a league Wednesday, uh, 4 a.m. We held a league on Wednesday night for the women's team, which was great. We were supposed to play like all ball for like five weeks. So we did no sting before before going into before buying Oregon. And, you know, our team just we weren't driving very well that Wednesday before round two. And, you know, after talked about it, a lot of times had to with pressure. We were feeling of having to perform well. And, you know, the word soup was being thrown over uh, the word soup was being thrown around, you know, regarding our wins from round one. And so, you know, you can just feel this like this just had the pressure to perform well and to almost prove that it wasn't. And so placing like, second was more than we could have asked for to be honest with you. If anything, it just helped us prove that no, it wasn't a fluke. that we work hard and we've got a great team, the potential that we we care is it's there, you know.
0: Yeah, and I was uh, I was gonna comment on that because it's I mean you guys, like you said, um Pop that knocked you guys into the redemption bracket, but then you you played against. Um, I mean, you had to go through the, the tough teams, if I if I may say so. You had to you had to play against uh, Money Shot, and from my recollection, they're they're like the top three that I would think of. Um, I, invasion didn't make it past them, neither did uh, Beavers. No, no offense to them, but it it seems like with this um, with this second round. The statement was, like you said, you guys—it was not a fluke win. You guys definitely deserve to be top two at this point, point. and so I'm really curious to see how how round three plays out. And um, it, it's just—it's uh, it, cool to see another another player in the in the game. If that makes sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of teams that are are getting better and better. Beauty and uh, nice. the Beast mode, the Northall team, I believe, they're from base. They've been getting, they've been getting, they've been improving. Like from classic to brown two, you can see the improvements um, not only in their players, but they're working, they're working together well and going for them. And trophy-wise, trophy-wise, they, you know, they came out first seed this, this time around or brackets, they they upset so many teams. They're just looking really, really, really good. So yeah, it's going to be a really fun, really competitive West Round three. I'm excited.
0: Were there uh, were they, and, you
2: know, know, there any? There was, just to add on to that too, like with the levels of pump, like how much more competitive I believe Round three will be. I think the majority of the players. That were missing from round two, like a fucking big players. So you know, each wasn't there for ride or die this time. Round two, Ryan Johnson wasn't there. For I think Beavers had a few players I can't remember that who still to. But yeah, I think with everyone showing up for round three, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one.
0: Yeah, it's it's a Everybody's going to be there in, in full force. Um, the only person I know that wasn't there for Beavers was uh, Stephanie Lynch, and I I know she's she's an impact yes. player for them. So I'm, I'm curious, like, what would it have been like if she was there? Um,
2: exactly.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, again, I don't want to pick on anybody, but, you know, I was expecting, you know, pop that, love tap, and in invasion for, for top three. But then you know, look at look at money shot, and then they have every right to be there as well. So it could be, I feel like it's anybody's game. It's it's whoever you know takes the lessons from round two, and applies them into round three. Who has their full roster, and you know teams like um, Ride or Die or Witness or um, Beavers, you know they're not going to be that far behind um, on the hills either. So it's 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 cool watching this all, all unfold over over a series of rounds. Um,
2: yeah. Were there yeah
0: any, so, were, were there any like um, teams or, or players that that stood out that you can kind of recall? Um, I know it's been a, a couple of weeks already, but um, any, any people that stood out in your in your mind?
2: Um, okay, so I was thinking about this because I, I felt like you were going to ask this. <laughs> awesome. That's a good one. That's a good one. It it is, but you know, I feel with everything that. Loved what I was doing, what I was kind of going through, I didn't get to, I didn't really, you know, and I'm sorry for everyone, I didn't really pay attention much to other people besides the people, you know, my players, and how well we were doing and how, you know, everyone's mentality was. Um, opposed from, you know, I think my my players, you know, Amy Biascan and Casey Reed really, really stepped it up this round. I am so so excited to play with them, but they had some killer killer plays and consistent throughout the playoffs that got us to the finals. You know, like you said, we played huge teams going into it. So um, you know, that was crucial to our success that we had. Uh, against us, there were some crazy awesome uh, I'm so sorry, there was a crazy play by a uh, Alyssa Pindolfi from Rider Die. She, you know, off the rush took out Karina and uh, caught Kiki right after. It was like the craziest thing. And uh, I don't know if that, you know, that gave them that boost. Um, but after that, Ride or Die kicked their butt. Two <laughs> 0 I believe. I don't remember. This was in round robin. And then, trophy wise, specifically, you know, their performance and them feeding first. I I, I don't remember them feeding very high in round one. Um, But for them to feed in first, you can tell. And I know, you know, Nina is a good friend. She's been working very, very hard. Lots of of, of lots of hard work in getting back and, you know, doing what she needs to do for her team. And for USA Dodgeball, a lot of these. Ladies, um, from the West especially, are going to Texas in two weeks, compete for a spot on the USA team. So, um, yeah, so Nina's been one of those. She's been working really, really hard at it. You can see that definitely in her game. And then uh, Meg is back. Meg Becker is back. She was looking solid on – During round two, especially after, you know, what happened at round one, so happy to see her back, uh, other players that performed well. It's really nice to see Jess Sexton back on the court. Uh, I know she has been been playing in the West Side as often since she's moved. But to to see her in a Jersey and her being, I, I think, a team to look out for, especially in round three with Bev Rivas and Ryan Johnson and Jess on the roster it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a tough one. Yes. You know, Emmy's been looking really consistent throughout the season so far. Alex Jensen's been looking really, really solid throughout the season so far as well. So Fuego's gonna be a team to look out for. Um, and I still believe that invasion is going to surprise everyone, I think. That the past two leads might have been just loop for them because they've, you know, the classic
0: was proof that they are still a powerhouse, and um, I'm expecting big things from them as well. Definitely, I was gonna say regarding um, Bev uh, Rivas. That, she, that I think this is like the third recap in a row that I've actually heard her her name pop up. So I'm, I'm really curious to see um, if I can match the face with the name and, and see how she uh, impacts impacts Wiggle and in round three, and um, I think what you said was, um, was, was solid with Invasion. Um, I don't think they're down for the count yet.
2: Not at all. Not at all. I think they're still just finding their groove.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm sure once once it's found, it's going to be pretty pretty scary.
2: Yeah, round, round three is going to be a good time, definitely. And I think maybe with the pressures of the Combine being done by Ben, like a lot of these players will place that focus back on no Sting and elite and um, maybe that will change. Also, I I can't say how that's affected anyone at round two, because I believe um, the invites were sent out maybe like a week and a half before. And, uh, you know, it's a huge deal. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that was something people were thinking about at elite round two playing against people that you're ultimately you know trying out against for a spot on USA dodgeball so yeah for the I mean, USA
0: um Am- unless you're like made of 100% I'm so stone I'm sorry I'm
2: feeling super scatterbrained right now I'm so oh. sorry
0: you. Uh, no worries um, I, was, I was just gonna say unless you're like super just made of stone. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure that would impact anybody. Um, even, even just a, a slight bit just, uh, to know that you have potential to play on team USA and you're going to go to the combine and in, in a couple of, uh, of weeks, um, that plus the travel, um, again, I, just to reference the conversation I had with Alan, it's, you know, they had the home field advantage. They got to have a full night's rest. They didn't have to travel. They weren't flying in. Um, you know, they were, I don't want to say like, I don't want to make excuses for anybody, but you know, just different elements. Um, can impact people in different ways. So it's going to be fun to see, you know, what, I mean, San Diego is what an hour and a half from, from LA and it's what we're all pretty much used to, even us in Arizona. So curious to see how it's going to play (laughs) out. Um, it it should be a great tournament. I'm expecting just competition across all divisions. Um, definitely want to see you guys, uh, take first and continue that. Um, it's just, uh,
2: yeah,
0: it's gonna be cool to watch. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to point towards round three um, with this final question, and that is um, Is there anything that you're planning on doing differently for round three or in preparation for round three? Uh, you guys being, being Love
2: Tap? What will Love Tap do in preparation for round three? I think that with round two out of the way and with a, a second, you know, runner up seed, um, Against the team that you know they were, they wanted their revenge, rightfully so. I think that for us is to just keep doing what we're doing. And there's no, but I think it feels better this time because there's not like a doubt in our mind that oh, this was a slip or this was because someone else, you know, someone else slept on us or whatever it may be. Well, whatever it may be, um, I think that there. Is a huge potential for us to, uh, you know, maintain what we've already done the past two rounds. But it's also very important for us to, just again, continue the hard work outside of dodgeball and maintain, you know, our our fitness and to stay healthy and avoid injury and, and to just, Go into round three the way we've been doing with no expectation. Take one game at a time and just play dodgeball because that's, that's kind of how we've been able to get to where get to do what we've done already. Is just take it one game at a time, no pressure, and just play. Nice. Um, and watch them film, Maybe <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy mistakes that happen in the final game that drive me nuts. Um. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy because we're, we're this new team. We don't really talk plays or things like that much often because it's, it's hard for us to. We're, we're still learning to play with one another. We're still, you know, learning each other's play style in general and how we can make that mesh. And, you know, thankfully so far it has. Um, so when I literally say take each game, you know, one, one, one at a time and just play, that's the
0: doing we're just, just playing so yeah very cool yeah i mean it's you know it's it's round three but there's still a lot of dodgeball left um between that and nationals so and not to mention everything else that's going on uh with the other tournaments so um cool well th- that's all i have uh, um what's up
2: yep nope, that's it oh. <laughs> okay cool we'll stop. yeah stop we'll go, right there.
0: go ahead and end the interview there all varieties So that was a, uh, not so great recap of the elite West round two tournament that took place. Um, <laughs> a lot has, a lot has happened this past week. Um, and I, and I do want to apologize for that. Uh, definitely feeling the pressure of, of living the civilian slash, uh, soldier life. Uh, in fact, I'm actually going to be gone, uh, for the next two weeks. So, um, depending on when this episode releases, um, there might be one more before I, I, I take a break if not. Um, sorry. but um I do want to say thank you so much for uh, to Alan thomas for for stepping up and and taking on covering uh, both open and co-ed. and I do really want to thank uh, crystal for for being a good sport and doing her best to help me recap uh, women's um, while on the road. um like I said, there was it was just really hard trying to get, a good time to work out between the both of us, but she was willing to make it work and I do appreciate that greatly. However, I do want to apologize one final time for the, uh, the quality. I definitely pride myself on the ability to get people to sound really good. So I'm sure um, Nick, uh, my editor, you're, you'll probably hate me right now, <laughs> but uh, hopefully it came out all right. And like I said, I, I definitely wanted to cover something and not just completely let it slip by. Um, I am very much looking forward to round three though um it it just sounds like it's going to be a glorious battleground um you know just paving the way to to nationals and i could not be more excited to to be able to participate even even you know from from a sound booth um i guess with that being said um have a great rest of your week and uh so long as things go well there should be one more episode this friday with the um north round two recap with um you know, I'm not even going to say it. I don't, I don't want to jinx myself, so I'll just leave it at that. Have a great night, and I'll catch you next time. All right, I think I got it this time in three, two, one. So that was a recap of the Elite Rest (laughs) W's, man. So hard.